Hi, this is Dr. MJ coming to you from beautiful Boston, Massachusetts. This is the Women in Dentistry podcast where we feature women in dentistry making waves and leading the industry through the next decade. I am your host, Dr. Mary Jane Hanlon, a former dental assistant, dental hygienist, and now dentist. I'm very pleased to introduce you today to Dr. Bethany Pitskis. Dr. Pitskis' journey began in a lightning strike moment when she was 13 years old and came home from school to find that her parents had sold her beloved horses. She was devastated and decided she'd never again lose something she loved because of money. So she became a dentist, thinking it would be an easy way to make lots of money. Instead, what she experienced over 20 years of practice was enormous stress and anxiety, sleepless nights, and the slow, steady breakdown of physical and emotional health. As she worked through her own healing, her passion shifted from restoring teeth to restoring hearts and spirits and helping others who were struggling the way she did. In 2015, she sold a practice, completed a two-year certification program called Touch by a Horse to become an equine gestalt coach, and Braveheart Serenity Coaching was born. She now partners with horses to provide impactful coaching experiences, helping her clients get unstuck from old patterns, stress, anxiety, and fear, and attain serenity. It is now my pleasure to bring you to my interview with Dr. Bethany Pitskis. Bethany, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for agreeing to participate and come and tell us a little bit about your story. So without any further ado, I'd love it if you could tell the audience how you got into dentistry and what you're doing today, because I know they're going to be pretty excited about the stuff that you're, you're doing today. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. It, yeah, so my story starts a long time ago. Ironically, I didn't have any people in my family who were in dentistry. I um, had a lightning strike moment, so to speak, so to speak, when I was about 13, I um, got off the school bus one day with my younger brother, Paul, and as usual, we headed straight to the barn to see our horses, Amy and Pepper, and Amy was this beautiful red-brown horse, and Pepper was black with a white stripe down his face, and we went running to the barn to get there and get to the gate, and it's wide open. And we're like, oh my gosh. So we ran into the barn to check the stalls and there's no horses. And we tear out and look in the pastures. We check the fields, the woods. We ask the neighbors, no horses anywhere. And totally panic stricken. I'm like, I'll go tell dad. So we go in and we find him at the table reading the paper. And and I'm like, dad, the gate was wide open and the horses ran away. And he said, oh no. You know, you know, we can't afford them. So we had to sell them this morning. They're gone. And I'm totally stunned. I'm like, what? But I love them. And they were gone. And it was then that I decided I'd never again lose something I loved for lack of money. And very soon after that, at age 13, I decided to be a dentist because, you know, do some quick exams and some easy fillings and earn a ton of money, you know, right? (laughs) Which is what I thought when I was 13. Didn't exactly work out that way. But so I went on and I went through dental school. Dental school for me was 
I didn't have a lot of trouble in dental school. I just was pushing. Like I was so, I had blinders on and I was like, I'm going to make this work no matter what. I was very determined, very courageous. And I just went through anything. Like I just pushed through. That was my MO. Just pushed through in spite of the anxiety. I had a lot of anxiety, a lot of, um, you know, fear, some, some depression starting but I pushed through because damn it, I was going to make it. And then that's how I found myself um, five years after I graduated from dental school, I started my own practice. Actually, it was two years after I had two charts in the drawer and one of them was my mother. And I started my own practice, just put my shingle out and did it. And five years after that, I built a new building and it was this big, huge brick, amazing, gorgeous, all the bells and whistles. And I remember the day we moved in, I was sitting amongst the boxes. My team had gone home for the day and I'm sitting there and I can smell the brand new ADEC dental equipment wrapped in plastic. And I was looking around and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm now over a million dollars in debt. This is in 2001. So a million was a lot more then. Um, I've just added a huge responsibility of owning, maintaining, and caring for a building. And to my already long list of things to do and take care of. And all of a sudden, I wasn't even sure I liked being a dentist. So all of these things hit me like a ton of bricks, but I'm committed, right? And I'm in, I'm in deep. And um, so I, I went to work and I struggled. There were some dark days, very, very dark days. I would wake up at 3 a.m. like filled with anxiety and panic because of that debt. Would I be able to make payroll? I had single mothers working for me. Would their kids be able to have dinner if I couldn't pay them? It was a lot of pressure. Um, Clinically, could I finish that big case I had started? And I wasn't sure how to, how to wrap it up, you know, and I was totally in the dark as to how to be a leader of my team, how to deal with those dynamics among all my personal things, you know, being married, raising a stepson and all the personal relationships mixed in. So, so what I did is I started drinking. I drank every day, every night to relax, to unwind. And it wasn't the best strategy. I also would fire employees and hire new ones thinking they were my problem. And that wasn't, that wasn't the answer. I got divorced again. And finally it dawns on me, I'm the common denominator. So I, I decided I needed help. Um, I, this was a lonely journey. And, you know, if there's one thing I can tell everyone listening is you don't have to do this alone. I think now there's so much more help than there was available and less shame around it when I was, than when I was going through this. But I finally did reach out for help and I hired a coach. One of the best decisions to this day that I have ever made in my life is hiring this coach. Um, but the one of the most impactful coaches in my life wasn't the one that I paid. It was my horse, Gypsy, who lived in my barn. 
And um, every day I would go spend time with her after work and it helped me so much. And she, she was impactful because instead of telling me the lessons I needed to learn, she showed me through experiences. And um, I mean, there's so much behind that statement, but one of the things I learned from her is that it's not my passion to restore teeth for the rest of my career. Although I loved making that difference and I love dentistry, I'm passionate about the profession. I wanted to restore hearts and spirits the way my coaches did for me. So I began the journey. I, I completed, I found and completed a two year master certification coaching course called Touched by a Horse. And I'm now one of about 220 certified equine gestalt coaches in the world today. I'm the only one who focuses on helping dentists and their teams make their lives better, easier, um, supporting them through the things that are tough. Dentistry is not an easy profession. So it's my passion now to support dentists and their teams and support this profession any way I can. So that's, that's the short story. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, you know, lots of questions are coming to my mind. And in fact, you know, I know you probably have seen the data around, you know, what has been happening with burnout since COVID-19 with depression since COVID-19. Especially now, yeah. With anxiety since COVID-19. So what has your experiences been with all of that? Because I think this is something that, that the, the profession is really not addressing yet. And I think that we as, you know, um, emotionally intelligent women, and I think that more times, more often than not, it's women that kind of get it earlier than, than men. And I don't mean any disrespect by that comment, but I do think that we, we feel more, right? And we pay attention to those feelings a lot more. So what are you seeing in um, all of this that you, you've been able to, to help and, and how, how can we use what you're doing to, to help us get through all of this? I agree. Women internalize. I think that's a good word. Like we internalize what's happening more. We take it more to heart. Um, we don't compartmentalize as well as men do. And I have seen, uh, you know, it's interesting. I've seen both ends of the spectrum with this COVID era. And um, part of my clientele are doing really well. Like their teams were very well intact. You know, we've worked together a long time and they just stepped into it and they're doing fine. Although they're more stressed for sure than they used to be because of all the regulations and everything they're dealing with. And then there's the other side, you know, people who are just sliding down that slippery slope of struggle and depression and fear and what if, and oh my gosh, people are canceling and our, we're not making our bills. And, you know, when, am I gonna get that loan? You know, so I've been doing what I can to, you know, start groups, Zoom groups, things like that to help support in any way I can. I think the biggest thing right now is, is connection and support, whether it's, it has to be via Zoom right now because we can't gather, but it's been an issue, yeah. 
Yeah, because human beings are, are built to connect. They're built to hug, they're built to kiss, they're built to love, they're built to be together, not alone. So yeah, this is a struggle for us. So it, let's just pretend I'm a new client and walk me through your process and what, what your hopeful, your outcomes that you expect to see from me if I came to you with significant burnout and, and then I leave and I'm successful. So walk us through that process. Yeah, well, it's a little different in COVID times and hopefully it'll get back to non-COVID time normalcy. Right now, it's, you start with a 30 minute exploratory call. You know, we have a talk. I am, everyone's different and I'm not a cookie cutter coach. You know, it's what are, what are your issues? What are you struggling with? And I support clients through decisions. A lot of people are stuck, like they feel stuck in patterns, old patterns of strategies, how they deal with things. I was stuck with in that same way when I was a dentist, you know, I had the same arguments with my team over and over, whether it was the same person or not, it was the same challenge. So I help people with whatever, wherever they are, I meet them where they are. And then if they want to become a client, even now they can come to my place for, uh, usually it's a day and a half. And we do, it's called a pre-coaching assessment. It's like an exam, x-rays, doing models, you know, doing a treatment plan. And with no obligation, together we co-create their coaching plan usually it's six months to a year and then they can decide to enter into coaching or not. And whether or not they do, they always walk away with ahas and self-awareness that they didn't have. Like we do some really impactful work with the horses. They come here and the work is not, you, there's no riding. There's no any of that with the horses. It's all on the ground. So, and the horses just bring up so much. They bring us to our authentic selves very quickly. And there's so much behind that, but that's a snapshot of how you begin to work with me and what happens in the process. Great. So for, for many of us, you know, I, I don't know the exact definition of Gestalt therapy. So why don't you walk us through what that is? Yeah, Gestalt is in a nutshell... It means flowing into form or wholeness. And it's a very effective modality of therapy that involves, it's experiential. You're not, it's not a lecture. You're not sitting and we're not just talking about things intellectually, which is what dentists do. Like we're in our heads and there's nothing wrong with that, except there's so much wisdom below the neck, you know? So it's experiential. It involves the somatics of the body. What are you feeling in your body? That wisdom that I was just talking about that's in your body. And third, it's focused in the present moment, which is the only place healing and transformation can take place. So it's super effective. It's like talk therapy on steroids. Wow. So, and it's just experiential. It's not really talking. I mean, we talk, of course, but I don't, we, if you and I sat down as you're, you're my client and you started telling me about an issue you're having with your team or your husband or your kids or whatever, within five minutes, we're up and you're experiencing it in a different way. It's not just talking about it. It's getting you into it so that you can 
transform out of it in a positive way and move forward. Very cool. Very cool. So how, how did you get interested in this? Is it just because of the horses? Well, that was a big part of it. You know, my passions in life, I struggled for a while. I, I wasn't super excited about being a dentist for the rest of my career. Although I loved what I, you know, I loved it while I was in it. I was like, I felt like there was some other calling and I wanted to make a difference like my coach did for me. And I wanted it to involve horses. So I, I swear to you, I was at, I was at a seminar in Austin, Texas, and I told somebody about my desires, my dreams about horses and coaching. And somebody said, go talk to so-and-so she's, she's in this program. And she was in this, this program called touched by a horse. And I took her card and I, I think I looked it up on the computer and I filed it away because I was still into my practice. I couldn't leave. And about three years later, I was like, oh, horses, coaching, dentists. And I Google it and that site came right up. So it was just kind of um, from the other world, you know, it just, it, it just showed up serendipitously. Things do not happen by accident. They always have purpose. It, yeah, it was the perfect program for me and it's deep and it was a two-year program, a lot of training. I'm, and I, I'm now in, I just finished the second two-year program called Gestalt Coaching Method Mastery with the same instructor. Her name is Melissa Pierce. She's a leader in the horse human healing movement. And I would say she is like the Carl Jung of today. Uh, and she would be known for her work. Fritz Perls was a gestaltist and she's like the modern day Fritz Perls and Carl Jung. So it's an honor to be her student. That's great. Now, do, is it all online too? It's not all online. There, We have like five day in-person classes. Of course, COVID interrupted it. So now we're making up some classes in the coming year. But yeah, it's online and in-person now, how do you do your therapy with the horses now if you can't have people in person? Well, I haven't. I, you know, team retreats. We did one last year with a dental, like we'll have the whole office come and um, do a team retreat. I didn't do any retreats with just dentists last year. I had to cancel all of those retreats. So I'm doing a lot of Zoom coaching, a lot of one-on-one, um, -on -one, I can still do that, but people aren't traveling. So I've been not doing so many in-person coachings this year. Mm -hmm. Now, where are you located, Bethany? I'm in Cadillac, Michigan. Okay. And right now it's super cold. I don't usually coach in person in the winter here anyway. Usually I'm in Arizona, but I didn't go this year. Everything's different this year. I, I, that's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything's messed up for the year, but It'll get back. Absolutely. So what do you think is the single best piece of advice you've ever been given and by whom? Oh boy, there's a lot of them. If I could say like number one, it's don't skimp on advisors. It's the best investment you'll ever make, you know, as far as accounting and coaching and life journeying. But if I could like, there was one moment where I got some of the best advice I ever got. I was at rock bottom. I had just called um, a coach in the dental field 
And I told him this huge sob story, you know, I'm drowning in debt. I'm exhausted. I'm at the end of my rope. I don't know if I can go on. I don't know what I'm going to do. And he says to me, Bethany, I want you to get online and order this guided imagery. And her name is Belle Ruth Knapperstack. She's the lady. This is before there were all these online things, but I had to order her CDs. And he said, listen to these before bed every night. And I was actually mad. I was like, what are you talking about? This is, did you hear what I just said? I am, I don't have time to lay down and listen to a guided imagery. I'm, a, I'm about to lose it. And uh, I did it. I did it anyway. And it saved my life, you know, to slow down and to take a breath and to have a, a moment of reflection and self-preservation by getting some peace, even for a few minutes saved my life. Yeah, it's amazing how um, much, you know, even a simple 10 minute meditation can make in your day by taking even 30 minutes to do your exercise and stay on track with doing something for yourself. It's we absolutely have to have it. And we feel so much better when we do. We go down, I think that spiral when we don't pay attention to those things because we feel like we're too busy, right? But the busier we feel, the worse it gets when we don't take time. And I, I just think that that's a key component of staying balanced, right? Is to make sure that you have a balance between all those emotions and those things that are happening at work and all those emotions and those things that are happening at home that you find time to kind of balance out yourself and say, okay, I can't do everything all at once. Totally. And you know what, since we're talking about experiential, let's, let's walk our talk for just a second. It doesn't take very long. So everyone listening and, and you please for a moment, just feel wherever you are, feel your body and take a deep breath in and hold it for a moment and release it. We're going to take one more deep breath in, breathe in, hold it and imagine all the stress in your body dumping it into your lungs, just breathe it out and find your heartbeat. Feel your heart beating in your chest. You may have to put your hand on your chest if you need to. That muscle that never stops beating from before we are born till the day we leave the planet, just feel it. Nice. So just notice if you feel any little shift, that was like less than a minute. Just makes you feel better. Yeah. It is as easy as that, you know, three deep breaths in any moment, no matter what you're doing, if you're working on a patient, driving, you know, those are the times when we get stressed or, or thinking about things. Drop into your heart, take a breath and remember, remember what's beneath the chop of the choppy water. You know, there's water, can be real choppy at the surface. We want to go down where it's deep and, and still. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, tell us one thing that people would be surprised to know about you. I used to play hockey. <laughs> there you go. For a women's league or for um, college sports? Just local. But, you know, I think one thing that people, maybe they're not surprised, I, but one thing that, I think surprises people who know me now who didn't know me when I was in dental school was that 
I lived angry. I was so mad at the world and I had a lot to be defensive about when I was growing up and I pushed through and I was so like, I was so defensive. I used to walk around with my hands balled in fists and people told me that. And I, I thought, no, I don't. I, but I did. And um, I'm just so different now with all the work I've done and, and all of that. So that may be one thing that may surprise people. <laughs> I have no doubt that, that, that the impact of the trauma of losing those horses had a major effect on you for your entire life. It did. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there anyone in dentistry who inspires you to do what you're doing? You mean coaching? Yeah. Is there anybody in dentistry or, you know, is there anybody that has inspired you enough to just like, you'll never give this up. It's just something that's going to keep you going forever. Well, you know who my kind of my mentor and coach was is Dr. Bob Frazier. And he's the one I called that day when I was really struggling. He really inspired me to be a coach and to help others the way he helped me. Another person, she's not in dentistry, but it's Melissa Pierce, my touched by a horse mentor. She is really, we call her the lead mare of the herd, you know, because she's so inspirational and she's so calm. She's been through so much. She lost her daughter to a rare disease um, at age 22. Her daughter was only 22 and she's just got so much grace and handles things with ease and um, just always very inspirational. So, yeah. That's awesome. Any other obstacles that you've gotten over that you wanna share with the audience that, that, that you're really proud of? How did it go with the practice sale? Was it something that was easy transition? Was it not? Were you, did you sigh a, a breath of relief when you finally did sell it? It was a whole process, yeah. And that's, that is something I'm, I'm definitely proud of getting through because it becomes part of my, it became part of who I was, my identity in the community, you know, my career. I'm Dr. Pizzix, the dentist. I built this huge building and I ended up paying it off. Like I, that was blood, sweat and tears. I didn't have any help with any of that. And I, I paid it off before I sold. And then I sold my practice that took about, that was like a four year process. I had it for sale and it wasn't selling and then I wasn't gonna sell. It's very emotional. So shifting careers out of dentistry is, is never easy. I think a lot of people stayed just because of that uh, or they don't know what else to do or, or they're stuck because they have to provide for their family. And, and um, I just decided that I'd rather live in a cave and be happy if I had to. Of course, I didn't want that, but I'm willing to do what it takes. So that was a long process. And a lot of it was dealing with the emotions of letting go and letting go of the building that I built that um, is one of the most beautiful buildings in Northwestern Michigan. Without a doubt, um, I didn't go small at all. And um, yeah, so that's, I'm proud of that. Is the practice still there today? Yeah. Good. Three miles from where I sit right now. It's just down the road. I used to ride my horse to work. Oh, nice. <laughs> 
When you reflect back, do you think you were confident at when you were younger or was that something that you developed with time? I can't say I was confident. I was definitely courageous and determined to do whatever it took. And I think that that is what made me successful. Confidence. I don't even know if I'd call myself confident. I'm definitely more confident now, but that's the constant battle, right? The universal hole in the soul that we all have of not being good enough or not being able to be enough. And yeah, it's the, it, you know, there's a voice all the time, but I've learned that that's a part of myself that I can ask to go to the back of the bus. And I take my professional wise woman to the front of the bus. I can put those trolls in the back and say, quiet down. You know, you guys just thank you, but quiet, you know, and then I can move forward with this other piece of myself. That's something I've learned over the years. I call them Joe and Schmo. They're always yakking at me, right? And Joe and Schmo are fighting constantly because Joe wants Schmo to get out of the way and Schmo wants Joe to get out of the way. And neither one of them are winning. And uh, it's very, um, some days annoying, right? And some days it's like you can't ever stop the chatter. But, you know, I think that the more attention you give it, the more robust it becomes. And, and so I have, I've gotten to the point where I, I don't give it my attention as much as I used to. Um, I also found too that I, I heard this story and I don't know where it came from, but I think it's unbelievable. You know, so often we fear things and we hold ourselves back from doing them. When in fact, if you just say, okay, fear, you, you can come on this trip and this journey with me, but here's the thing. You're sitting in the passenger side, you're not driving, you're not taking control of the car, and you're keeping there, sitting there with your seatbelt on and you're gonna shut up. <laughs> because you can come, but those are the rules of the road. Those are the rules. Yeah, the rules. And so I love that because, you know, we so often not, we don't progress because we're afraid, but if we just acknowledge that, that fear is something that does hold us back and just say, okay, you can be here, but you're not controlling the world. I am. And I, I get to make all the decisions and you're not making those decisions because I am brave. And you know, the other thing with fear or anxiety or any of those feelings that really grab our gut is sometimes to resist it makes it worse. So sometimes I'll actually put fear in a chair and I'm in my, my chair facing fear and we, we have a chat and I say, you know, I tell it what it's doing for me or what it's, how it's hurting me. And then I'll go sit as fear and I'll, what's the message to Bethany? Like, what's the message? Because there's always a message when you feel that in your body, there's a message. And um, to get that gold, is so important. And then the other thing is, if you ever notice, if you're fully present, there's no fear, there's no anxiety in the present moment. You know? So those breathing exercises, you know, talk to fear, get the message and then get present. And then you can move forward in a powerful way with fear in the backseat. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Do you have a personal motto or a mantra that you live by? You know, the one saying that 
I just seem to resonate with always is, is um, and I think I made this up myself, <laughs> is I'm always amazed, but never surprised. And what I mean by that is like the way things flow in life when I feel aligned, the way things flow when I allow and don't worry amazes me, but it doesn't surprise me because it's just the way it is. So I'm always amazed at the miracles and how I'm held and loved and taken care of, but I'm never surprised because that's just the way life is. It is. It's the way it's supposed to work. I want to go back to a previous comment that you made because I had forgotten um, to reply to this. You were talking about resistance and I have a famous I don't know who said this quote, but somebody famous did. What you resist persists. So if you keep resisting whatever that thing is in your life, it's going to persist until you stop resisting it, you know, because you give it more energy by resisting rather than stepping back, stepping aside and letting it go through, you know, the way it's supposed to. So just, I wanted to add that because it just, it just came back to my memory when uh, we were just talking. Gets bigger. Yeah. What you resist. Exactly. It is. What's a piece of advice that you might want to share with the young, the young women that are coming out of dental school today? You know, one thing I wish somebody would have told me when I was getting out of dental school, that would have been so important is to know my core values, what is most important to me? And number two, write your vision five years from today. If your life were the best, it could be no limits. Where do you want to live? Who are you with? How do you feel? What do you see when you wake up? How does your home smell? What kind of a practice do you walk into? What does your team say to you when you walk in the door? What kind of patients are you seeing? What kind of money do you bring in? How productive is your practice? What kind of a car do you drive? Who are you married to? Or who are you partners with? What kind of animals do you have by your side? And, you know, no holds barred. I wish somebody would have said that to me because I didn't realize that I had a, that I could move out of Michigan and live somewhere where it's warm. And for me, that's really important. And right now I'm working on doing that. But ironically, it's just the way it was. Like I live in Michigan. My family lives here. This is where I live. I, I didn't even know. And I always have not liked cold weather. And um, so I would have moved to the Southwest. I would have gone to Arizona or New Mexico or, you know, so yeah, what's your vision? What's important to you? You get to make decisions. Now you're the adult. I didn't know I was an adult until I was like 38. <laughs> I will say that is critically important um, from a business perspective. You know, one of the key things that I teach all the time is you've got to have a vision. You have to have your mission statement. You need to know your core values and you need to know what those goals are because you need to know exactly like you say, you cannot put a sailboat in the water without a rudder. It needs to know where to go. You have to be able to steer it right in order for, for it to get to where the destination that you want it to get to. If we don't have the steering mechanism in place, which is your goals, your vision, your mission, and your core values, you're not gonna get there. 
And so it's critically important. And I know there's been so much research done on this. You know, there's a, a very famous um, Harvard Business School uh, research project that was done. They tracked men way back when, who knows when, in the 50s, I guess, for 20 years. And every single one of those men that wrote down their goals and kept updating them every five years, every 10 years, 20 years, whatever the case may be, every one of them surpassed their own goals, every one of them. And it's because they knew, even in a, on a subconscious level, they knew where they were going. And it's that important. It's that important. You cannot go, if you're going across the country, how do you know where you're where to turn if you don't know your destination? And you know what? It's a constant, you know, re, you're always re-navigating. You know, you might get off course, but that's okay. You just get back on course. And and I didn't have a vision when I when I got out of school. I just went and I applied at the first dental office I came upon and I had actually two associateships before I started my own practice. And it was a, yeah, it was a learning experience. Let's just say that. And um, I, I wish I would have done a vision and a mission and a values evaluation before I would have started. And that's something I work with, with clients with horses too. It's, it's fun to do values with horses and, and vision because the horses know when you're in your authentic truth and when you're not, when you believe it and when you don't, and they tell me. So it's really cool what the horses do with work like that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So do you have a plan to go south? Well, I am actually, I actually want to move to Southern Colorado right now. That's my vision. So yeah, I do have a plan. I'm working on it. And I swore this is the last Michigan winter I will ever endure. <laughs> I swear. There you go. Well, I hope we can catch up and, and, and see where you are a year from now and figure that out. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. This has been a great conversation, Bethany. I can't thank you enough. You know, there's not enough people out there talking about some of the impacts that, you know, the profession has, has on us both personally and emotionally. And I really appreciate the work that you're doing. So keep at it and keep going because I, I know that it's really needed. Yeah, thank you so much. I will. And it's, that's my vision. My vision, my secret vision, or what was it? The secret goal. Sometimes you ask that actually is to reduce the suicide rate of dental professionals. So it's a big one. And I am determined to make a difference. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with me today, Bethany. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Women in Dentistry podcast with Dr. MJ Hanlon. If you like our show and want to know more about us, check out our website, thewomenindentistry.com, or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us for our next episode as we bring you another amazing woman leading the way for the next generation.